You are aiming to get 100 rejections in the space of six months. I realized that I wasn't going for things because I thought, oh, well, they're just going to say no because I don't want to have to kind of like deal with the emotions that I'll have to deal with if mm. I get rejected. We put so much of ourselves into the mm. work that then it is really hard for it not to be a rejection of us personally. So far, it has been very unsuccessful, the challenge. <laughs> I have currently got more yeses than noes. What's been the most exciting yes? One of them was was we all have to deal with rejection, right? We all have to deal with failure. If we just accept that as part of the process and we expect it, then it's not as big a deal. You need failures and you need the rejections mm. to motivate you and to get the good stuff. If you get a no, that doesn't have to be the end of the story. Liz, you're getting me so fired up about rejection. <laughs> this has changed my mindset forever. Welcome to the podcast. You're listening to Starting the Conversation. I'm your host, Alice Benham. Back this week for a guest conversation with the fantastic Liz Mosley. Hello. Hello. Thanks for having me. Oh, I'm so excited. I came on your podcast, must have been a couple of years ago now. It is, yeah. And do you want to know what? It's the most popular downloaded episode I've ever had. No way. <laughs> yeah, I forgot to tell you that. I yeah. did not pay you to say that <laughs> in the first yeah. few seconds of this episode. Is it really? It is, yeah. Oh, wow. Always at the top. I really remember when we recorded that. Do you ever have those kind of work experiences yeah. where you, like, I remember I was in my Guildford house and I remember being sat in my office and where we were and what we talked about. It was all about like business strategy and business foundations, wasn't yeah. it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That was oh, exactly it. Yeah, it was that a fun episode. <laughs> yeah, I yeah. feel like that, that's says a lot about your interviewing skills in your podcast that I can remember it because oh, do you ever have it where it's always an honor obviously to be on people's podcasts and have a chat but you can sometimes find that you have the same conversation yeah and I love it when you go on a podcast and you're like I've never really talked about this before in yeah. this way and it, I, like I'm sat there thinking and I'm like oh this is good I'm yeah. interested yeah it definitely helps when the conversation sort of like really flows and then you both come away feeling like inspired and like oh that was that was like a juicy conversation that yeah was good. yeah which I I feel like it's kind of what we're going to have today. Yeah, Hopefully, you know, we, I, I can match the level of fantasticness that you created in your episode right uh. back at you. Because today we're going to be talking about rejection. Yeah. And we're just talking a bit about why we're talking about that and why you are the guest to talk about rejection with. Listener, don't worry, I didn't just think, who do I think gets rejected the most? Liz. <laughs> Ring you up. Come down to London. Let's have a chat. I know. I know who would be perfect for this. <laughs> Top of the list. So I actually had an experience like that the other day. Someone was like, oh, I'm, I've had someone drop out to be on a panel, which first of all, lovely to be like the second option, not the first. Yeah. But obviously still said yes, because I'm hungry to, to say yes to everything but they were like oh it's um you know I just feel like I really know you for like overworking and burning out so I'd love for you to talk about that and I was like like yeah I will do it it's not really what I'm going for in terms you're loving like, that personal yeah. brand for me can we maybe more see it as like you know determination and consistency and yeah. she puts in the work no you're just known for burning out brilliant oh so funny <laughs> Cheers. before we get into the rejection chat so people have a bit of context on kind of who you are what you do I hate to ask the question because I hate answering <laughs> myself but Liz take it away give us a bit of an intro to who you are and what you do I am a branding designer that's the top thing that I would say I've basically got a long list of things I do love so the main thing that I would be known for is branding design. So I've been a graphic designer for like 15 years. I do branding for small businesses. In recent years, I love working on lots of different things. So I'm also a podcast host. It's all connected together. But yeah, I'm a podcast host. I've got a podcast which you were on called Building Your Brand. I do lots of live streaming as well. So I do weekly live streams for Adobe. Um, I run some courses. So I'm really like passionate about helping small businesses who maybe don't have the budget to pay a designer. So I've created a bunch of courses to help them, you know, at that sort of very starting point of, of mm. their business or just, yeah, early on where they maybe can't spend, you know, thousands of pounds on outsourcing because I don't think you need to right at the start. And so mm -hmm. I, but I, I still think you need help and support. So yeah, created some courses about that. So that's kind of a not very succinct no, way it's of explaining great. what I, I do. Mean, First of all, my past self dearly needed you, Liz, when six years ago I was, I don't think Canva even existed yeah. six years ago. No, probably not. Do you know what? I think I designed my first logo in PowerPoint. I love that. <laughs> I love that. PowerPoint can do a lot. PowerPoint can. I don't make the most of it, but I know some people who create all their social media graphics in PowerPoint. There you go. So, Unsung yeah. hero of the design yeah. world of PowerPoint. Uh, but yeah, I was back in the day, I think, sketched it on a piece of paper, scanned it into the computer, edited nice. it on PowerPoint. You know, there was pinks, there was 
all the, all the colours. Yeah, <laughs> my brand used to be pink, so I could have done with a bit of Liz Mosley direction guidance to help you get to your true monochrome <laughs> self. <laughs> to help me become really bland and black and white. Absolutely, suck all the life out of it. And I have to say as well, I, I resonate with how you kind of started that intro of almost like I could sense the it's the fear of when you're a multi hyphenate wanting to properly explain everything you do and not miss anything out. Mm. I don't know if you ever have that temptation of yeah. like, oh, if I just tell you I'm a strategist or just tell you I'm a brand designer, yeah. you'll understand it better. But then it's also going like, well, I don't also want to sound like I do a million different things or that it makes yeah. no sense. I sometimes find myself have to just give context. Like I'm a bit of a multi-hyphenate, therefore do podcasts and events yeah. and this and that and a stationary brand and that. But like you said, that there's something that brings it all it together, right? One of the things I feel really fortunate about is I feel like all of my things are really aligned and they do all fit together really mm. well. And that's been really nice. Not necessarily, some of it's been happy accident and some of it has been intentional, but I feel like that's the same for you. You know, like you do lots of different things, but they do all fit together and make a lot of sense yeah. when you look as, at your business. But I think that's it, isn't it? You know, you want to have like a neat sort of one statement answer, but I just... I just can't, I no. can't, I'm not, I'm not good with niching. <laughs> I'm like, I want to do it all. And now I've just embraced that and I'm not feeling bad about it. Yeah. And I'm like, I'm going to do what I want to do and have fun while I'm doing it is the plan. I absolutely love that. And I'm the same with you. Like I totally get the point of like niching is just being specific, right? Yeah. We're still very specific yeah. with what you yeah. do. I'm not teaching people how to build uh, visual brands and design things on Adobe. So, I mean, there's a lot of things that you, we don't do. Yeah. Even if we feel like there's a lot of things that we do do. <laughs> Her to love, and I said, Do do that's so immature. Turning 25 did nothing for me, but yeah, I completely get where you're coming from. Where it's like, I like it to be clear enough mm -hmm. so that people understand it, but enough variety that I have fun, yeah. Because I, I've run the business before where all I ever did was marketing, mm. and I won't lie to you, got really damn bored. Felt like I was saying the same thing every day. It's fun to be like, Oh, what mode am I in today? What discussion yeah. are we having? And then, like you say, it's all linked together, so you are still giving the same messages, you know, like there's consistency in the messaging, yeah. But it's just packaged in different ways, um, which exactly. is what's really nice. From a strategic perspective, it's more sustainable Absolutely. because you don't yeah. want to put yourself into a little niche, you know, and then what Have happens to change if your that business, world changes? Change your brand over and over again because you've got bored of the little niche you've put boxed yourself exactly. into. Exactly. Bringing it all back to branding. <laughs> Mic <laughs> nice. drop. I mean, you didn't even come on to talk about branding, no. but already all the genius shared. You have come on to this podcast, Liz, to talk about rejection, as yeah. I've already said, because you are partway through a fascinating challenge, which I cannot wait to, to ask more about, which is that you are aiming to get 100 rejections in the space of six months. And I think we should clarify, those are rejections in a business sense. Yeah, right? I feel like everyone laughs, laughs at me for clarifying this, but there's loads of people on TikTok who are going around like asking people in the street if they'll like sing a duet with them to see if they'll get rejected and they film it for TikTok. I am not doing that. Like I am not interested in getting rejected in my personal life yeah. just for like kicks. Pure purely a professional sense so it's like a work thing you know like I did not come up with this idea myself loads of other people have done it I got the idea from my friend Katie who's an illustrator um she called it a hundred no's which on reflection is a nicer way to put it than a hundred rejections in six months in, um yeah worry. in six months <laughs> so she I don't know if she had a timeline but she yes yeah, she decided to collect a hundred no's um and we're actually going to record a podcast episode about both of our experiences for my podcast but um so yeah I stole the idea from her and I know she'd like stolen it from some somewhere else but it's been so interesting and I the reason that I did it or I decided to do it was firstly I love a challenge I love gamifying I can't even say it gamifying things to do with work to yeah. make them fun for me me too um, I also think, to make it easier to be consistent yeah because it gets really boring doing the same thing all the time yeah until there's a little sticker chart or some kind exactly. of goal. Yeah, something that you can like tick off. Yeah, I'm just like a child at heart. I just need a little star chart <laughs> to uh, tick off. But yeah, so I, I think I was thinking about it um, earlier and I think what's really nice about this challenge is it really aligns with my brand values because actually experimenting would be mm. one of those. Like I love experimenting in my business and trying different things and just, yeah, having fun, like bringing fun to my business. So, but, so those are the kind of some of the reasons behind it. But ultimately I realized I'm quite quite like self-reflective and I realized that I wasn't going for things because I thought 
oh, well, they're just going to say no. And so I was like, well, I'm just not going to put myself in that position because I don't want to have to kind of like deal with the emotions that I'll have to deal with if mm. I get rejected. And then I think the real catalyst for me for why I started it was inviting, I invited someone to, someone like a well-known marketer to be on the podcast. And he said, no, like your podcast isn't big enough. And I was like, that's fine. You know, you've got to have a boundary, right? He probably gets asked to be on loads. So that was like absolutely fine. But I... It was really interesting processing the emotions that I felt after that. Like I felt mm. embarrassed and a little bit ashamed. Like, oh, I'm like really embarrassed. I asked him, oh, should I have done that? Have I made a fool of myself? All these kind of emotions went through. And I, I was like, that isn't actually what the case, you know, like that isn't actually true. You know, like mm. I don't need to be embarrassed. There shouldn't be any shame around this. It's not saying anything about me as a person. It's just this like small incident where he, you know, can't say yes to every podcast. So he has to sort of draw a line somewhere, which is absolutely perfectly fine for him. So why am I making it something about me? Mm. And so then I think that incident just made me think, oh, I don't want to get to the point where I'm not applying for things or I'm not pushing myself forward because I don't want to have to deal with those sort of like slightly sticky icky emotions on the other side and I so I guess my solution to it was I guess it's a bit like exposure therapy I was like well if I do it loads then I'm gonna get really good at it you know like if I get better and I can like analyze how I'm feeling and I guess change the story because you know we often believe a lot of lies I think about mm. what's going on with us or what people think about us particularly and so I was like if I can sort of like analyze those emotions and then turn them around to what is actually true that's going to be really helpful for me in a professional capacity so yeah that's that's kind of why I decided mm. to start it um, and it's yeah it's been interesting it's so interesting and I can totally resonate with what you're saying there of how emotional rejection yeah. can feel and I think we can just link that back to in, in general how emotional business oh my can goodness feel. so emotional and I was not prepared for that like I'm sure I've, I don't know if it's been on your podcast but I've definitely heard people talk about how running a business is almost like therapy because yes. you're so like confronted with who you are your yeah. flaws how you work the things that you're good at but also the things that you're really not good at and I feel like I have been on such a journey I feel like I've got to know myself better through running my own business the last few years than like ever before it's been so interesting absolutely and I think running a business especially when you're kind of a personal brand or it's even if you're not a personal brand when it's your baby yeah you know and you feel it's very close to your heart and you care a lot about it rejection just hits that bit deeper mm. doesn't it yeah like I was speaking to a client recently who works as kind of like a freelance sales rep for other people it's a really interesting business model and she helps you know other businesses with their sales and interestingly she was saying like yeah, it's fine. Like, I don't get stressed. I don't get worried. I don't get anxious. I don't care about rejection because it's not me. I'm doing it on behalf of someone else. else's brand. Yeah. Or, you know, that she's not pretending to be them, but as in when they're rejecting her, she doesn't see it as a personal rejection. She just sees it that they are rejecting the brand that she is working on yes. behalf of. And I wonder if part of the reason that we take rejection, and I feel like we can widen it to just any negative experience. Mm. You know, when you realize someone's unfollowed you, yeah. when a client doesn't say that they love it in capital letters and you worry yep. that they hate it. Like when someone rejects you, you know, you apply to be on something and it doesn't come come through it, we almost have no like boundary between okay they've rejected that thing and we immediately just then go okay so therefore they've rejected me yeah and we make it well I don't think we make it because it's not intentional is it but just because us and our businesses are so intertwined yeah it it cuts really deep and I think that's like a really really human thing like I'm sure there's like scientific research into how that's you know that's some aspect of our like survival instinct you know that's like how we keep ourselves safe you yeah. know all this kind of stuff um you know you've I've heard people talking about you know like our chimp brain before like I'm sure those emotions are like our chimp brain and then we have to use our sort of like logical brain to be mm. like actually that's not what it means that's just my like initial gut reaction but that isn't what it's saying and that isn't what's true mm. and I think that's the interesting bit it's like unpicking all of those things and I think you're totally right like if you run your own business and it's a personal brand or even if it's like you said not a personal brand but it's you especially if it's creative if it's something that you're making that you're putting out there yeah. whether you're like that's content courses designs whatever it is we put so much of ourselves into the mm. work 
that then it is really hard for it not to be a rejection of us personally because we're like well this is me like I've put myself into this work that I've created Mm. so yeah I think you're right and yeah it's small things as well Mm. like how many followers we've got you know all that all that nonsense stuff which in our heads we know is nonsense yeah but we still we still feel it emotionally Mm. and I think you're right it's that kind of like our, our brains want to want to keep us in comfort and there's a lot of discomfort involved in rejection and even just the possibility of rejection is such a huge thing mm. isn't it that was where I was like okay this is holding me back because I'm not doing things because of the possibility of rejection mm. but something that I have been thinking about a lot and I feel like it's a big caveat for this challenge that I've set myself is that there's certain privileges that I have in place that allow me to do this for example I am doing this challenge from like a place of safety you know like I whether you know like economic safety so like my business is doing well I'm not the sole earner in my house I can take risks in my business because I've got a certain level of security so this this doesn't feel scary for me whereas I can imagine if someone is at a point where they're like really struggling to get clients or you know they're in a place where they don't feel safe in their business then this might feel too risky for them and also the other thing I had a really interesting chat with Amanda Perry who I know you had on the podcast as well and she was talking about rejection sensitivity disorder which is something that often people who are neurodivergent suffer with and so for people who suffer from that this is not necessarily going to be the right thing for them to do. And so I think it's it's been interesting having started it to start thinking of some of those things. You know, like I am really enjoying the challenge. I love it. It works really well for me. Mm. A lot of people have messaged me being like, oh, they've been inspired by it and they've gone out and pitched for something, which is awesome. But I think it is also really important to acknowledge that this might not be for everybody mm. because I hate it when people go online and say, I've done this, so you should do this too. And yes. it's like, I've done this but here are here's what I've got in place to allow me to do this it might be right for you but it also might not be right for you yeah I really appreciate you saying that because also even if it's not for you you, we can learn from you who is willing and able to do it yeah yeah Um, exactly you and that's the thing you might be able to utilize what I'm learning in a slightly different way it doesn't have to be this like really extreme challenge where you're trying to get a hundred rejections yeah absolutely and for people that are interested in well and what you were talking about Amanda mentioning around having ADHD she actually spoke about that in quite a lot of detail in the podcast episode so Mm. if people scroll back a couple of episodes I'll link in the show notes um yeah you can go and hear more about that yeah I find it really interesting hearing her talk about her experiences as a mm. like you know how she is understanding her brain and building her business about that and going back to our thing about you know running a business being like therapy I feel like one of the things that has just been so vital for me is l- understanding myself and how I work so that I can build my business around that and this challenge mm. links into that it's like knowing what makes it fun for me knowing that a challenge is going to motivate me to do something and yeah. so I've I've made it into a challenge instead of just saying oh maybe I should try and do this because then I just won't do it I'm the same I'm all or nothing like, yeah either I'm, I'm gonna so- get no rejections or a hundred yeah. so let's let's go for the hundred <laughs> so let's talk a bit more about the challenge okay. how have you gone about this you're still on the journey right how many rejections in are we so far it has been very unsuccessful the challenge <laughs> but very successful yes. in the sense that it's very confusing so basically I have got currently got more yeses than nos so I'm not very far into getting the rejections I've got a spreadsheet where I'm basically cataloging everything color coding what's a rejection and what's uh, like an acceptance so I think I'm probably I'm not, I don't even think I, I think I'm about 10 rejections in Gosh, um, so I've got loads go. I've got a long way to go I mean I still got like three months to go I'm halfway through yeah and I've got some ideas it's, it's interesting because I'm like okay I need to think of things that I'm more likely to get rejected mm. from. Some of the the yeses have been really surprising and things that I would have thought I would have got rejections for, which has been amazing. Interestingly, something else I've realized, and I think you'll resonate with this as well, because I know you've sort of been thinking about it and doing this a bit more, but yeah. what I've realized is that I have to have the capacity to deal 
to like deal with the yeses. So if I pitch for work and people say yes, I have to have the space to mm-hmm. do the work. And I think this has been the thing that I hadn't totally anticipated. And so this is what slowed me down. So for example, I started pitching to people, maybe bigger names to be on my podcast. And quite a few of them said yes. And I have booked up like my podcast schedule for like months in advance, which is amazing. But also I'm like, well, I've got to stop pitching for guests because I can't be like, oh, do you want to come on my podcast now? next year yeah I mean like no one's gonna go for that and so things like that where I'm like okay I can pitch for stuff but I've got to have have the capacity to deal with it if Mm. it's a yes which has been an interesting problem to have which I hadn't totally anticipated so that has slowed me down but yeah I've got some ideas I, well, I think what that is making me do is to think even bigger. Yeah. So it's like, okay, I went, I took it up a notch and I started pitching people that I had not pitched to because I thought they would say no and they've said yes. So now I need to take it up a notch again mm-hmm. and, you know, like pitch for even bigger names who probably are going to say no, but that's, that's fine. Yeah. How practically have you gone about it? Like if people are sat there, you know, maybe they want to do their own challenge or maybe they're just thinking, I want to get better at putting myself out there. Like, like, have you kind of made a bit of a list of like, okay, I'm pitching people to be on my podcast, I'm pitching for work, I'm pitching for podcast sponsors, maybe even just fill us in, like, what are the things that you're wanting to get rejected for? Because it's like a professional thing, um, I'm not just picking silly things to get rejected for, or things I don't want to do, you know, like, the whole point of this really is that I want it to improve my business, you know, there is, there's like a certain strategicness about it, you know, I want to get a podcast sponsor, I want to get bigger guests on my podcast, I want to collaborate with, you know, more people on my designs, you know, stuff like that, so I, I what I started off doing was, I guess, you know, a bit like vision boarding or just coming up with like a goal goals, you know, like what is it that I want to achieve, you know, that fits in well with my business, right? I don't I don't want to do things that I'm just doing it for the sake of it. Like it sure. needs to work for my business. So I basically made a long list of yeah, a lot of it was podcast guests. So I made a long list of podcast guests. I made a long list of podcast sponsors that I'd love to work with because that's yeah, a big goal for me at the moment. I made a long list of brands that I wanted to collaborate with, maybe on like sponsored content. I would love to get some of my patterns licensed so I made a long list of brands that I could like contact um, with a bit of a portfolio and be like you know would you like to work together I did like a bunch of research beforehand so yeah made this list I'm not really a spreadsheet person but I've got it in a spreadsheet and I'm sort of like getting a bit nerdy about it one of the other things that has been amazing is LinkedIn in terms of finding the right people to contact so you know if you're approaching a brand to collaborate with sort of cold you need to find Mm. ideally the right person to get in touch with so I did a bunch of research there as well and just tried to collect as many names as I could so that I had an initial point of contact to email you know just uh, that takes a bit of time working out who the right person to contact is even Mm. if it's like for a podcast guest if they're a bigger name the chances are they're not managing their own like inbox you know they might have a different way that you need to approach them for collaborations like that so just yeah doing a bit of research so that's kind of how I started it off the other thing that I hadn't factored in is like actually writing pitch emails you want to make them good you want you're hoping that they there's a hope that they're going to say yes right so I'm not just sending off occasionally I send off a quick on the fly email sure um if it's appropriate and I can give you some examples of that most of the time I want to sit down and I want to write a good email that I think that they're actually going to open and that they're going to respond to so that takes time or like for example if you want to get a podcast sponsor you know you have to put like a pitch deck together so I had to spend Mm -hmm. time like designing my pitch deck for that and probably overthinking it and you know sending it to my friends being like do you think this is okay and that kind of stuff so yeah it's not it's definitely not like a there is it's time intensive in Mm. some aspects yeah I find it so interesting though and I know we've had a lot of conversations off the podcast about this and it kind of sparked like you said some kind of thoughts for me on on maybe doing a version of what it is that you've done because I am just very lazy Mm. when it comes to like outreach in the business I'm not going to say I'm lazy in like growing the business in general but I almost have this real comfort zone I think a lot of people resonate with this of like my own content Mm -hmm. to my own community and if off the back of that people want to come to me lovely 
Like up until now, genuinely, that's what 98% of the stuff I've got has mm. just been, I put myself out there in the ways that I'm comfortable. Don't get me wrong. There's always still discomfort, isn't there? We're yeah. showing up online, but it, it, it feels less like there's going to be constant rejection. And then I kind of just wait and see what happens. And I had this real kind of light bulb moment. I remember it was last year. I saw people winning business awards. There were mm. loads of my friends, clients, people that I knew were all at the same awards and they were all winning awards. And you know, you have that those times where you're online and you're like, I'm not inspired by this, I'm annoyed by it. Yeah. Like, I'm not in a good headspace right this. now. Yeah. And I saw it and was like, I want to win an award. You know, mm. like a petulant child being yeah. like, I want a chocolate bar. That was me. Um, and then I asked one of them, like, oh, how did you go about that? Thinking like, well, I didn't get given the golden ticket and boo me and blah, 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 I'm the victim. And they were like, oh, well, I applied to it. Like I applied yeah, to win the awards. Award. It was in that moment that I was like, oh, in, okay. So I've like, actually got to do something. Yeah, That's but, not how it works. But yeah. more, more so than that, I think realizing that I was just sat back, beating myself up for not getting certain opportunities, seeing people get them, but assuming that it had just come to them. Yeah. And we had this conversation before we hit record if there was a certain brand recently that I'd seen loads of people working with. And I was just kind of sat there like, oh, I'm so grumpy that I've not worked with them. And then I was like, right, Alice, use your brain. Okay, you know someone that knows them, so ask them for an intro. Mm -hmm. And then, hey, presto, you then get a collaboration event. And it suddenly made me realize, oh, maybe lots of the other things that people are getting that I'm jealous of, they got it through pitching. Like maybe there is there is some proactiveness required here yeah. <laughs> to get these things. I think a good thing to say is that what you are doing, you know, putting your content out and people coming mm. to you, that's not a bad thing. Oh, you know, no. like amazing, <laughs> amazing that so many people have like contacted you. Yeah, you're right. That's maybe the next step, isn't it? Is mm. then starting to be more proactive. And I know you're the sort of person like me who has very particular ideas of the sort of brands that you'd love to work with. You know, you've probably got a list of them somewhere and some of them will get in touch with you, but actually you could speed the process along and get in touch yeah. with them. And some of them, you know, like different businesses have different ways of collaborating. You know, some of them are going to be more receptive to a pitch or need it to be spelled out to them, like why it would be beneficial for them. Whereas mm. others will be more, more proactive sort of looking for people. So, yeah, I think... It is interesting. I think another thing that I think about a lot is this is a huge generalization. Bring it. Often, I think often as women, we are, I don't know, more reserved about putting ourselves forward. Definitely mm. when I have worked in companies, the men have been a lot better at promoting themselves. Mm. And I found that so uncomfortable. And I think watching them has made me realize that I can't do like do what you were describing. I can't mm. I've got to stop sitting here being annoyed that they're getting the opportunities yeah. and waiting for them to land in my lap. Actually, I have to do what they're doing yeah. and I have to go and ask for the opportunities. Yeah. And that's that isn't easy. I find that really dis, uh, like um uncomfortable. Like it's not my natural disposition. I'm the same as you. I I'm more like, well, I want someone to notice that I did a good job and come and ask mm. me instead of being like, here's what I can do. Let me show you how I can bring value to your brand and your business, yeah. which is exactly what, you know, guy colleague over there is doing. He's like, let me tell you what an amazing job I'm doing and mm. why I can like help you. Obviously, that's a huge generalization. But I do think there is some like gender element to it sometimes. Absolutely. And I'm even just reflecting now, I think. I probably hold a bit of judgment for putting yourself forward for something versus being it, offered. Yes. I'm almost like, oh, it's, it's quite, you know, impressive that Forbes would come to you yeah. or that it will happen, you know, you've not really put the work in. I think I always put that on a pedestal. And this is just me being really, really honest. And it, this is purely how I look at myself if mm. I were to do it don't really care what other people are up to I think I always feel a bit of like embarrassment yeah. about pitching yeah like oh it's this, a bit yeah. awkward just like like you said advocating for yourself and a bit embarrassing being like hiya do you it's like no I'm like way rather like play it cool like you know it's like as a kid in the playground it was really embarrassing to like go and try and make friends it was much yeah. cooler just to be the cool kid in the corner that people came to you. to you and I think yeah. like, that's my default and it's definitely because that's a comfort zone and because you don't face rejection when you stood in the corner mm. and anything good happens is a good but there's nothing bad happening because you're not pitching for anything but exactly what you said you know there's opportunity out there mm. and it's yours for the taking yeah. and that for me was the big big thing that changed my mind was like ah oh, 
other people are getting these opportunities for no reason other than the fact that they are just putting in the work and, and that's what makes a difference. Yeah. So I'd love to know from your work so far, what's been the most exciting yes? Good if question. you can share it, I don't yeah, know. There I might be some secret projects. I, can, I think I can share them. Well, one of them was an illustrator in the US called Meg Lewis, who I was a huge fan of. And I'd, she, I'd basically been for about a year thinking, I should ask Meg to be on the podcast. I should, and didn't, because I was like, oh, they're going to say no. But yeah, they said yes and had them on the podcast. And it was a really great episode, really enjoyed it. So that was cool. Another big one is I made a list of my dream podcast sponsors so I've like dabbled in trying to get podcast sponsors in the past but mainly with sort of smaller businesses who would maybe sponsor like one episode or two Mm -hmm. episodes but I wanted to get like a bigger podcast sponsor that would maybe you know eight episodes 10 episodes that kind of thing but it needed to be someone that was like aligned with my business and so I basically made a list of all my dream you know all the companies I was like this would be such a good fit and at the very top of my list was Flowdesk and they have just agreed to sponsor the podcast which I'm really excited about Um, that is so so exciting yeah when this comes out hopefully they'll be sponsoring no they should be we've like got all the contracts and everything in place but yeah so that was really exciting but hilariously again they were the first people that I approached and they said yes and so then I was like oh this I wasn't expecting I was expecting that I was going to be in like months of like you know sending stuff out to so many businesses loads of yeah. negotiating all this kind of stuff and I'm, I'm a bit like oh okay that was very unexpected like that's definitely slowed my challenge down I mean it's amazing because this is exactly what I wanted to happen right yes mm. I went in to get rejections but the whole point of getting the rejections was to get yeses was to push my business forward mm. you know like for me this is a total success even though on paper for the challenge is a total failure it's like getting good at trying to fail you then get success as a result like I love how you framed it because it wasn't I'm going to get 100 yeses it was I'm going to get 100 rejections because actually if you set the bar that low if the goal is to get rejected you kind of win-win yeah because if you get rejected that's what you wanted yeah but if you get the the yes then that's a win whereas I think sometimes we probably go into it thinking like oh if I get it that's a win and if I don't that's a loss yeah so I love the way you've like gamified it to make it that actually the action is the win yeah pitching putting yourself forward that's doing the thing that's the win and that's such a healthier way to look at it isn't it because then you're not on that roller coaster of like happy one day because you got a yes and crying on the floor one day because you got a no yeah you're kind of a bit more leveled out I should say that's not to say that when I get a no I don't still have that emotional reaction because Mm. I absolutely do but I think what's been interesting so I did have quite a harsh rejection which was I asked another big profile person to be a guest on the podcast and I because he was so well known I decided that I would make my email a little bit clickbaity to try and get because I was like it's going to be a big deal if he even just opens this email right and so I mentioned about the challenge because I was like oh this will be interesting for him you know I think he'll normally I wouldn't mention about the challenge I'd just pitch him to be on the podcast anyway he he did not like the idea of the mm. challenge at all. And he wrote this email, basically, it, was, it wasn't like horrible, but it was kind of rude. And it was just like very clear that he didn't think what I was doing was good or a good idea or whatever. That one really like hit me and made me doubt myself and made me think maybe I'm doing the wrong thing. This guy who's really well known thinks I'm doing the wrong thing. Maybe I should just stop mm. it. Well, one of the nice things was I recovered from it way quicker than I knew that I would have done. So I think I had like a couple of hours where I felt a bit like, oh my goodness, I can't believe you sent me that email. Like, what am I doing? Yeah. You know, like having a little spiral. And it sits in the back of your head and yeah. the pit of your stomach, doesn't it? You're going through the rest of your day and you just it can't It really affected my day. It. Yeah, it really affected me. But then I, I like messaged a few of my like business pals. Then I just realized oh, it's not a big deal. Like it's really not a big deal. Mm. Um, and I was like, I'm just doing this challenge for me because I enjoy it. It doesn't really matter what he thinks about it. Like it's having a really positive effect on me. It's having a positive effect on the people around me that I'm talking about. Like I mentioned before, you know, like people have messaged me, me being like, oh, I'm really inspired by this. I pitched for this and I got it. And I'm like, other people are getting yeses just because I talked about that I was going to try and get rejections yeah and so I was like it doesn't really matter what he thinks yeah like I just need to get on I need to be committed to it and I need to get on with it and so I was really pleased that I recovered 
so quickly from that and I didn't let it derail me and I think that's part of it it's not that I'm trying to eliminate negative emotions like negative emotions aren't a bad thing they like teach us something they help us understand the good emotions you know like you need the the both Mm. but it's it's how I then deal with those negative emotions like how I move forward and what I make it mean and this is sort of coming full circle to what we were talking about before you know like not making it mean something about me that it doesn't mean do you know what I mean like the fact that he said no doesn't doesn't mean I'm a bad podcast host it doesn't mean that my podcast isn't good it doesn't mean that my rejection challenge idea is a bad one loads Mm. of other people have done it and had a great time you know there's people people have done amazing TED talks about rejection there's a really good TED talk I'll I can't remember what the guy's name is but I can give you the link to put in the show notes but where he did it from it wasn't a professional thing it was a personal thing but he did did the challenge and he sort of talked about his experience of how it helped him Mm. yeah just deal with rejection better and I just think yeah we're all sort of like doing our own thing there isn't one way to do things and it's like Mm. finding something that works well for you and I think we've I think we've got sort of quite a similar I don't know maybe like personality and how we run our business in that we like to like push ourselves and we say yes to things before we feel ready and all that kind of thing and so I think for us this sort of thing works really well because yeah Mm. we might be lazy but we're also ambitious and you know we want to we want to do the next thing you know we want we're looking for exciting opportunities Mm. whereas for somebody else like that's not going to be the right fit and that's absolutely okay you know like just because you see someone else doing something doesn't mean you Mm. have to do it as well or you can just take a little bit from it that helps you Mm. and leave the rest and you said at the start of the episode kind of one of your goals with this challenge was to almost like you say, kind of minimize the emotional impact that yeah. rejection was having on you and not being so held back by that kind of potential feeling. And it really sounds like from what you've said, that's happened. Mm. Like only 10 rejections in. And by the sounds of it, like you said, you're not getting rid of the negative feeling, but it's isolated. Yeah, it's, it's, it's okay minimized. For, yeah, yeah, I it's think like that's the it. rejection it's yeah. is hard in that small, because he said a nasty thing and that's not nice. I'm not mm. ignoring any of that. But like you said, that that doesn't then have to mean that I'm a bad business owner yeah. or that I'm a rubbish podcast host or whatever. Yeah. I haven't had it recently. I'm trying to get better, as I said, of like applying to awards and realizing that, oh, you have to apply to them. Also, some mm. of them you have to pay to apply, yes. which I refuse to do because <laughs> I, th- I have a theory that just not enough people apply. So if you pay because it's paid and okay. therefore a lot, like I know there's a couple which because it's quite a high payment fee, if you pay, you're basically guaranteed to get an award because yeah. so few people apply. Yeah. So I've gotten a bit better at like applying because like, you know, it's annoying. You have to fill out a form. But if you yeah, also bank again, your it? replies somewhere, yes. I've got a Google Doc now because they all ask you the same thing. So have your reply saved. You'd have to rewrite your life story every 10 minutes. <laughs> um, and I'm, I'm getting these rejection emails through that are like, oh, we've not chosen you, blah, blah, blah. And it's funny. I, I do look at that and go, oh, okay. Oh, that's a bit annoying, but cool. It doesn't have to mean anything more than that. Yeah. It's just interesting, isn't it? How that kind of exposure therapy, like you talked about, helps you to kind of put rejection in its place. Yes. And realize, oh, okay, that doesn't have to mean that I should give up my business tomorrow and everyone hates me. <laughs> yes. Maybe that just means that this like one tiny thing is true. Mm. And actually I can deal with that thing being true. That's yeah. okay. Yeah. And also um, sometimes rejections open up space for something else that's better Mm. for you you know like I I do think that this idea that you know not everything's not everything's the right thing for us you know like actually it wouldn't really be good for us if everything was a yes because we just well a we couldn't like deal with that capacity you Mm. know like all of that stuff but also some things just aren't going to be a right fit for our business and so sometimes like a rejection is actually like a real blessing in disguise because it it means that there's space for the right thing that comes along yeah but yeah that is interesting about the awards and I but I think yeah what you're describing is like the same thing isn't it where you know you have a moment where you're like oh yeah that is I do feel a bit gutted about that but it's not going to impact the rest of my day Mm. and I'm not going to make it mean something that it isn't yeah also I realize when I get those rejection emails okay I'm back at the same place I was at the start yeah you're no worse off yeah Yeah, I heard a really interesting quote months ago and it's stuck in my head and I say it to clients all the time I don't the the person I heard it from it's not their quote so I don't know who created it it's this idea that as humans we'd rather keep doing what we're doing that's failing rather than try something new 
that will potentially fail. Oh, that's right? so interesting. And I feel like yes. that's the case with pitching for stuff. Like, yeah. okay, if I imagine right now I haven't won an award, I would rather, because it feels comfortable, stay in my little Alice Benham with no awards zone than apply to win an award because potentially then I could get rejected. Yeah. But but that rejection is the exact same failure that I'm currently sat in. Yeah. So it's like we, we just want to stay comfortable rather than have the possibility of something positive or growth our brains are just so interesting so, aren't they? yeah it's so interesting I think like the other thing is we think of rejection and failure as so like so negatively but if we just thought of it as part of the process mm -hmm. you know like this is an expected thing this is gonna happen to us like we've all had to deal with some level whether it's professional or in our personal lives we all have to deal with rejection right we all have to deal with failure yeah if we just accept that as part of the process and we expect it then it's not as big a deal and also mm. remember everybody else is this happening to everybody else because i think the story we tell ourselves is I've been rejected, rejected. This is not happening. To, you know, I yeah. look at your business on Instagram and I'm like, I bet Alice never gets any rejection emails. You know, <laughs> this is just happening to me, whatever. And that's not true. Yeah. You know, that's not, you've just said that you've been rejected for things. I've been rejected for things. Um, and that's why I love that we're talking about this because I think the more people are willing to be honest and open. And I think this is something that you do do really well. Like you're, mm -hmm. you're quite, um, you're open about like the behind the scenes t tough stuff of your business. You're not all like, oh yeah, it's all amazing. And I think that just helps other people to remember, oh, what I'm seeing online is the highlighted created version. Mm. And people are dealing with that stuff behind the scenes. And they're not gonna like give you a like, minute by minute account of every emotion they're going through, you know, like in real time. And so, yeah, I think, but I think the more we sort of build that in to our expectation and our businesses, mm. like the better off we're gonna be. But I also read, so I'm reading this really interesting book by a guy called Eric Kessels about failure. It's kind of about how um, often failures, like, yeah, sometimes they might be absolutely terrible, but they can often turn into something good and actually create something more interesting. And he was kind of like, mm. if none of us are ever failing, yeah, it'll feel comfortable, but it'll be really bland and yeah. boring, like really boring, like the only way you know, like this, I feel like this gets trotted out to all school kids everywhere. But, you know, like the only way that there's been advancements in like technology or scientific discoveries is because people took a risk and failed. And then often something got discovered off the back of that. And obviously, like, I'm not here, you know, trying to invent something, but it like... But you are trying within the context something. of your business. Yeah, so trying something new, it might mm. not work, but it actually might spark an idea for like the best product I've ever made that could completely mm. transform my business and, you know, maybe a millionaire or whatever. But, you know, you never know sort of what's around the corner or what the bad idea is going to like, mm. what good idea is going to spark. And one of my favorite processes as a creative is where I like set a timer and I sit down and I come up with ideas for a project. So whether that's like for a brand, branding project or a naming project or you know if I'm helping a client name their business I know you've done that as well like I just love doing that exercise where you completely unfilter yourself and you write down all the terrible ideas yeah. because you never know when the terrible idea is going to spark an incredible idea and it's almost mm. like you need the rubbish stuff to create the good stuff and I feel like that's the same with the rejections like you need failures and you need the rejections mm. to motivate you and to get the good stuff stuff yeah it's sort of all part of this like weird business ecosystem Liz you're getting me so fired up about rejection <laughs> I didn't know that was possible but I'm so here for it and as we said I've like tested out little rejections mm. and I mean that's the wrong phrase isn't it I've, I've been no. a bit more proactive yeah. with it, not even it's not in the pitching, water. is it? It's just yeah. like, oh, what would it look like if I like actually was a bit proactive in in making that thing happen? Mm. And it's amazing, like you said, how many of the things do actually then happen. Yeah. And I think I might have to um, join you on the gamification and do yeah, some. Yeah, do it. Set yourself uh, a challenge. And the other thing is, like, you, it doesn't have to be a hundred. Like, some people have messaged me and yeah, be like, not, uh, I am going to do it. I might just do like twenty in like three months. And I'm like. Yeah, maybe that's a bit. I mean, the fact that you're 10 in <laughs> and you've done it for three months, I'm it like, right. It might be a right. bit more than 10. It might be a bit more than 10. If I get to six months and I don't have 100 rejections, I, I'd like to have got to 100 pitches by the six months. Mm. If they're not all rejections, I am totally okay with this whole process has been an utter success 
whether I complete the challenge or not at this point. And because it's just changed the way I think, you know, like this is not mm-hmm. going to stop now from when this, it's not like I'm going to finish this challenge and then never pitch for anything again. Like this has changed my mindset forever. Oh, now that I've reframed it, I can like just keep going beyond this. And it's it's taught, it's basically teaching me how to pitch and how to build relationships with people and how to ask for the things that I want to do and just take opportunities when they're like put in front of me. Because sometimes this is going off on a bit of a tangent, but sometimes <laughs> with some of the opportunities, someone sent me an email about something else and then I've just like grabbed that opportunity. So I'm like, okay, you made contact with me, but now I'm going to ask you for this thing that I want. So it's not always that you have to initiate. Sometimes mm-hmm. is that you take the opportunity that's in front of you. Whereas in the past, I wouldn't have done that. I would have just like dealt with the email that they sent me, not asked for anything back. And that would have been the end of it. And that's the mindset shift that's happened for me is that now Mm. if someone sends me an email about something and I can think of another way that I would like to work with this person or how I could push this Mm. collaboration forward or, you know, whatever, if I've got an idea, I'm much more likely to like share it with them and be like, oh yeah, that's really cool. I've had this idea. What do you think? You know, would you be up for this collaboration? And what's interesting is from the minute I started the challenge, I felt like that shift happened, you know, where I was like, well, this is, this is fun now. Like this isn't, I'm not, like I knew that I would still have to deal with the emotions of the rejection. I still Mm. doubted myself and I was still like, oh, is this, should I stop this? Is this okay? But from the minute I started, the reframe was there and it made it so much easier for me straight Mm. away, which is, that was really interesting. Yeah. And I think one of the biggest things I've taken from what you've shared is how we look at rejection like you said the the goal is not to not get rejected we're not like allergic to rejection actually we can be okay with it we can acknowledge it's part of the process Mm. and if anything just see it as okay well the more rejections i get the more likely i am to get a yes at some point you know it's almost like it's just part of the process Mm. and the emotions that it brings are okay you know it doesn't need to take over your whole life when you might get that rejection in i'm interested to kind of round us off and there's so many other questions that i want to ask (laughs) you and i'm so fascinated i'm sure you'll share on your own podcast like the end conclusions yeah I've like, definitely got it scheduled great the episode. I mean I want to know like how much money have all these pitches made yes. you and what's come off the back of it because I bet in five years time you're still going to see the effect of of these 100 pitches mm. in your business so I just think that's going to be fascinating so people need to come and subscribe to your podcast I'm glad you said that because now that's made me realize that I need to start adding I need to add an income column yeah. to my spreadsheet because I haven't done that. oh my gosh my brain's so money focused I'm like that's that's the all I was yes, thinking about no, that's, the stats that's of like, the stats of the money yeah that's really interesting yeah, I'll add that on like direct money and then I'm sure there'd be loads of income yeah. that's like related but yeah even from like the podcast sponsors mm. it'd be amazing just to look at like oh my gosh that many thousand pounds I would have literally not made have I had not just put myself out there. Mm, Yeah. And sometimes it just helps you to see it in that black and white way, doesn't it? Like, am I really getting in the way of this? Because I'm just a bit scared of someone saying no. Okay, let's move on. (laughs) Um, I want to end with three. I'm going to call them quick fire questions. They're not. You don't need to be quick. You can think about your answer. You can say as much as you want. I just kind of have final questions that I want to get in that I know the listeners are going to be thinking. So first one is, you mentioned this already, that, that doing this has not only helped you to kind of change your relationship with rejection and get some amazing results but it's also giving you practice at pitching and putting yourself out there I feel like that's one of the biggest things that could hold people back here and I can speak from my own experience as well where you think it has to be really complicated I've got to hire a PR agency to pitch on my behalf how do I write a great email we're imagining the kind of typical pitch which is you know emailing someone what would be some of your top tips on like writing a great pitch, whatever it might be for? This is such a good question because although I would not in any way or shape or form call myself a pitching expert, I've got experience of pitching, but I also get loads of pitches for the podcast. So I yeah. feel like from that, you've probably the same. From that, I have learned what I like and what I don't like. It's more the latter, isn't it? What I don't like. Yeah, oh, do yeah. you not get more pitches so where they're like, awful they don't say the right, right name, yes. they pitch a topic yes. that's completely unrelated and you're like, okay, I'm learning a lot here. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, ultimately what it comes down to is all the pitches that are awful, it's very clear that they know nothing about my podcast and they don't know anything about me. So like the, the, the thing that hooks <laughs> me 
me the most out of anything is when they message me and they're like, Liz, I love your podcast so much. And I find them on Instagram and they don't even follow me. And I'm like, well, you obviously, and not, not that I'm like desperate for followers, but I'm like, I don't yeah. believe you. I don't believe that you're that passionate about my podcast because you don't even follow me to like see when the next episode's out. So my top tip for pitching is to be authentic. Like don't stay stuff that isn't true. Like mm. don't write a pitch that is really vague and send it to everybody. Like find the people that are aligned with you. Like I made a list of all the brands that I already love and use and promote naturally. And I'm gonna pitch to those to be podcast sponsors because I can authentically email them and be like, I love your brand. I talk about it already. Let me show you an example. You know, like, mm. oh, I this is how much I've made in affiliate sales because I've already been talking about your your business. You know, it's like a really authentic fit for me. It's also not gonna feel weird to my audience because they've already heard me talk about them. Yeah. Like Flowdesk for me, such a natural fit. I have literally been raving about Flowdesk since my like first episode or the third episode of the podcast. So that, you know, I I can give them like proof that it's a good partnership. So I think, you know, whatever it is that you're pitching for, like help them understand why it's a good fit. You know, like why is it that you love them? If you want to pitch to be on a podcast, um, like actually have listened to the episodes yeah. so that you're not doing like you described a pitch where it's like the topic doesn't even make sense for mm. your podcast or, you know, like I, I get loads of picture, pitches often from like, it's often men in America who are in marketing mm -hmm. where it's very much like, oh, I can come on and tell your audience how I scaled my business to like seven billion figures or whatever. And I'm like, you haven't listened to my podcast because I never talk about that. You know, yeah, like that is not the vibe. I'm, I'm like all about making money in your business, but I'm not about some like weird tip that is not going to make anyone seven billion pounds you know what I mean so mm -hmm. I'm like you haven't you haven't checked it out that immediately goes in the no part so that would definitely be my advice to be as authentic mm. as possible and also not to be afraid to be yourself like it doesn't have to be a bland robotic pitch like put your personality in um it doesn't have to be perfect either I had a pitch the other day I think she'd like she was she'd made a mistake in the email, you know, where it was clear that she'd sort of copy and pasted something by accident. And I sort of flagged it up, but I actually, she messaged me back and I was like, oh, Liz, I'm really sorry. And she like sort of admitted what she'd done and I actually loved it. And I was just like, you made a mistake. It was a bit embarrassing, but you owned it and apologized yeah. for it and explained it. And it actually made me like her more. So actually it wasn't a negative thing that she'd made a mistake in her email pitch. Mm. So I think we're often so afraid of like saying everything perfect, you know, like everyone's different, right? It doesn't bother me if you make a spelling mistake. That's not what I'm judging the email by. Like I can say what I like, it's gonna be different for everybody. So this is another reason why there's not a perfect formula. You know, like what I like when it comes to podcast pitch might be what's diff a bit different from what you like, but no one's ever gonna know mm. that. So ultimately you've just got to give it a go. Mm. And again, not read into it if it's a no. It might just be like, I, the particular person you're pitching to doesn't like this particular thing. How yes. are you to know that? You've just got to have a go. Yeah. But I think authenticity and your personality would be my mm. top tips. I love those reminders. And actually, I've just remembered you are on this podcast because you pitched, I pitched didn't yeah. you? I and pitched it. I can add a bit of a tip to that then. And I think you've mentioned it already. Like build relationship beforehand yes. where you can. Yeah. I don't, 100%. I genuinely can count on one hand the amount of pitches that have come on the podcast. And that's just because I don't really accept. I find it easier just to say I don't accept pitches mm. than like I accept maybe one per year mm. it literally is one per year I think I've had five mm. in five years that we've come had on it's not because I think I'm high and mighty it's not because I'm picky it's just because I know enough you know I just prefer to do the outreach myself yeah, the but same. the five people that have come on yourself included already got a relationship yeah your name recognize obviously recognized it but it's in like in my inbox yeah it stood out to me I delete a lot of emails without even opening them if they're a podcast pitch because yeah, I don't yeah. recognize the name and I already had that relationship in that context I knew it was a fit if you want to pitch to something just spend a month building yeah. relationship with the it doesn't have to be years I think we've been connected for years haven't we you don't have to wait that yeah. long but it makes a massive difference doesn't it that, you know each other. that is like such good advice because that is definitely the same for me like I have a podcast pitch folder if I don't know who you are it goes in the folder and then I try and remember to reply to them like later down the line if I know who you are it's so much easier for me to say yes because I know mm. I immediately know whether you're a good fit I immediately know and I, I think we don't have to know each other like personally just like we chat on Instagram 
Instagram a lot. Yeah. And so like, you know what I'm about. I know what you're about. Yeah. So it's like an easy one to know that we're going to be a good fit. And also, you know, we've, we have chatted on my podcast before. So we knew that we could have a, you know, it wasn't going to be like this really awkward conversation <laughs> that wasn't like going to go anywhere. And I think that's the bit that people don't, don't do intentionally because they feel a bit icky about it. But actually it's like totally legitimate. Like, mm. and I've definitely done that where I've been like, I'd love to be on this podcast. I don't currently follow the people, but I'm going to follow them now. And I'm just going to engage a bit. I'm going to just like send some, reply to some of their stories. I'm going to comment on some of their posts so that when my pitch lands, like it is a name, they might not know who I am, but it's a name that'll be familiar to them yeah. because they've had messages from me. And you can do that in an authentic way. Do you know what I mean? Like it doesn't have to be this like gross calculating thing where it's like, I'm only doing this so that I can get on their podcast. Like if you want to be on their podcast, like surely you like what they're doing. Yeah. It goes so back to that build, authenticity yeah, piece. Yeah, like build a, um, build a like genuine relationship. That's not going to have any negative for mm. you if you've got another business pal on Instagram yeah. or wherever it is. Oh, so much value. <laughs> I really hope. This is bad. Quick fire questions. No, no, <laughs> it's like fine. The I've, answer. I've cut a question out. Don't worry, Liz. You answered that one. Great. Um, I guess I'd want to end with, I mean, I'll tell you actually, the question I cut out and don't worry about answering it now because I feel like it's best I want to hear it once you finish the challenge okay. is what does post-challenge pitching look like? Okay. I'm sure you're already percolating on in three months time. Yeah. Like you said already, you want to keep this going. This is not a yeah, six yeah. month thing. Like it's going to be a habit. I'm interested for you to document some of that okay, process. Yeah. So that, that, even if you helpful. just voice note me about it, Liz, okay, yeah. I want to know. <laughs> I'll do your private podcast. <laughs> I'd love for you to share more about okay. that because I feel like that's probably a, a future you question. So mm. the question I want to end with is for anyone listening who's thinking, I want to get better at facing rejection. Not because we wanna get better at facing rejection, but because obviously we wanna get, get better at putting ourselves out there and the possibility of achieving those amazing things. And I'm not gonna say possibility because you are proof that you do get yeses mm. and it works. What would be your biggest encouragement to them? I guess if, if they're resonating with maybe the past you, with the past Liz, does that make any sense? Do you know what I mean? Yeah, your yeah. past self, yeah. a little bit scared, or maybe a bit scared. What would you share with those listeners? You don't have to be all or nothing like I am. So like pick something, you can start lower risk, you know, like pick something that's not as scary, but that maybe you wouldn't have gone for. You know, like there's different sort of levels of mm. risk or different levels of things that you can pitch for. So like pitch something that you're not sure that you would get, but that there is a good chance, you know, that you will and sort of ease yourself into it. You don't have to, you, you know what I mean? Like you don't have to go straight to the top and like pitch for like someone really famous to be on your podcast or pitch to be on like the biggest podcast you know. You know, like start with a small podcast if that's, I mean, if that's what you want to do or start with like collaborating with a smaller brand, you know, get experience mm. and then you can like, you can have a strategy, you can have a plan, you know, like you can build yourself, build yourself a ladder of rejection, you know, like to get up to the yeah. thing it is that you really want to do. Like you don't have to go straight to the top but one thing that I didn't mention earlier that I think is really helpful is just if you get a no that doesn't have to be the end of the story you can pitch again so I had a guy on my podcast who is an amazing illustrator and he told this story about how he pitched it was it, he pitched to Adobe to like buy his company and he pitched twice and they said no and it wasn't until it got to a certain size that they said yes and I love that story because I think we always think that once we've got the no that's the end of the story and it's absolutely mm. not it might just not be the right time and it might be that you need that rejection teach you and tell you what you need to do to get mm. to the yes and so then you know what you need like another thing another last minute tip to squeeze in <laughs> ask squeeze for it. feedback if you get for a no ask why ask for some feedback so that you can actually learn mm. from that and that's scary and painful I almost find that more scary than the actual rejection because yeah. the no I can just be like okay put that in a no folder yeah. but if someone's going to give me like detailed like feedback mm. that's that's harder but but it's useful information that that's more likely to improve your business and get you to your yes yeah. than not doing anything with it. And sometimes the no isn't to do with your pitch or you. And I'm always no. glad when it's that. Because yeah. you're like, oh, okay. It's a timing That makes thing. me feel better. Like, oh, you just literally don't have the budget or mm. like it's not the right timing. And it, mm. it again makes it feel less personal, doesn't it? Yeah. But I love that reminder of like, What's the quote? Obviously on Pinterest, like rejection is just redirection. Yes. Like it's yeah. not a no, it's just a nudge 
in a different maybe direction. try different yeah and or try again or in future or change something yeah or um, like a really good podcast example is if somebody pitched to you this week and was like can I come on your podcast and talk about rejection you're going to be like no not because you're not good to talk about it yeah. but I've literally just had someone on talking about it mm-hmm. if they came to you in a year you'd be like oh yeah we haven't chatted about that for a while yeah let's chat about it again and get a different perspective so, so sometimes it's total just timing yeah it's not all about us no I yeah. feel like our fear of rejection is just a, we're all just very arrogant yeah totally. and we just think or the just whole world is about us yeah, totally we're like no they said no therefore they hate me and yeah. it's like no maybe they just don't want that right yeah, now yeah yeah <laughs> take it very personal I know and that's where we sort of come back to what we were talking about at the beginning where it's just like complicated being a human and yeah. it's hard working through these things and running a business is hard and so it's like how can we work through these issues and mm. find ways to like make it work better for us yeah so good I'm feeling so inspired I know <laughs> the too. listeners will be as well so thank you for everything that you shared oh, and thank you just in general for not only doing this challenge but sharing it so openly I love your kind of documentation of the process so for anyone listening when this comes out you'll still be in the process you'll probably yeah. just in your last Get couple of last months so month, people yeah. can come and find you on tiktok instagram your podcast i mean the private podcast is going to be coming up for me <laughs> anyone else can join in on that if you want but yeah I, I really genuinely mean it when i say i look forward to seeing kind of how the, the second half of this pans out for you mm. and i I'm I've got to very ramp inspired up those, uh, ramp up those yeah do you know what? you should pitch to journalists they say yes like percent of the time yeah i don't know that i've made that figure out but. <laughs> yeah just making up stats but bianca but yeah. who writes for forbes who came on this podcast said that she gets a hundred pictures a day for wow. her column that she writes once a week so i mean okay i'll pitch to her that'll get me yeah. to rack up a few rejections <laughs> 101 every day because yeah. one of them's gonna be you for the next <laughs> me month pitching every day hello i'm back me again <laughs> i love it i will leave all of your links in the show notes Amazing. i will follow up with the listeners when i maybe do a challenge of my own and yeah and I'm sure I'll tell you how I'm finding it. Thanks for coming on. Thanks for having me. It's been lush. So that's it for another episode of Starting the Conversation. I really hope you enjoyed listening in. As the title of this podcast suggests, these episodes are only the start of the conversation. So I'd love for you to continue that conversation by sharing your thoughts. Have you got an experience or perspective that you'd like to share related to what we discussed today? I'd love for you to come and find me over on Instagram or LinkedIn. You can just search my name, Alice Benham, and let me know what you thought. And hey, if you enjoyed listening into this episode, why not share it on your socials or with a business friend. It means so much, not only because I love to see who's tuning in, I like to know where you're listening and what you're up to, but also just because it's one of the best ways for this podcast to reach new business owners and help even more people. Be sure to follow or subscribe wherever you're listening to this podcast because I'll be back in your ears next Tuesday with another episode. So until then, keep showing up, keep taking the messy action. I'm cheering you on. You have got this. (music) 